This is a special quick hit episode of Pro Football Network's premier fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, BJ Rudell. As uh, most of you know, unlike full episodes, these are quick takes, five minutes roughly, maybe six, uh, seven minutes if uh, if I ramble. Um, and the goal, as always, is to make us a little bit smarter. There's, I, I just got to say, there's more stuff that I want to talk about than there is time to talk about. Um, and maybe that's arrogant of me because uh, I don't want people to think that uh, I think I have a ton to share. Um, but at the same time, I think about this stuff all day. It is my job, and it's also my passion. I love this stuff. There's always so much to dig into on on every player. Uh, and the exciting part of it is the more you dig in, the more you start to see the patterns develop. Um, and so today I want to spend a few minutes and just talk about uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, or as many people say, Zeke Elliott. And I will refer to him as Zeke, perhaps, on this podcast. I would no disrespect to him, not that he's listening. Uh, but uh, uh, we all know Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott, one of the best fantasy running backs over the past several years, but uh, is reaching some kind of potential crossroads in his career. Um, uh, at his age, uh, he's uh, peaking, but some might say he is beyond peak. Uh, the past two seasons, he has not run quite as dominantly as he did in his first few seasons. And so the big question is, can he rebound? And what I like to do is when I dig into a player and I talk about these patterns uh, that develop from you know looking at other players, we start to get a picture of the probability of Zeke Elliott not rebounding, which seems to be greater than the probability that he will rebound. Um, and so it's all about, uh, for me, using compelling historical data, not just but data that when fits when it fits together, it starts to paint a picture of probabilities. And then we use those probabilities to assess whether or not we want to invest in a player at market value. And Zeke's market value probably going into 2022. We don't know what it's going to be yet. It's probably going to be an RB12 to RB16. I think that's a pretty safe range uh, for someone like Zeke Elliott. I think people would be reaching uh, if they said top 10. But at the same time, saying he's an RB20 uh, suggests that he's uh, you know uh, not going to be uh, even a streamer some weeks. And I don't know that the market is prepared to say that. I might be. Let's see where we go with this podcast. Uh, Zeke could go either way this season. And some of you in Dynasty Leagues might have him and aren't sure whether to trade him or who to trade him for. Some of you might be trying to trade him for relatively cheap. The question is, what would you give up? How do you evaluate the probability of him exceeding consensus expectations or falling short? We don't even know what those consensus expectations are yet. But like I just said, if they fall somewhere between 12 and 16, that gives you a starting point of where you think the market might uh, value him. Uh, I compete in Pro Football Network's uh, fiercely competitive premier fantasy football league, as some of you know, which includes more than 100 competitors across nine divisions. And last year, I had to look this up, I made 17 trades and 44 waiver moves, which was by far the most in the league. And each week, I assess which of my players were overvalued, which were undervalued based not on outside opinions, uh, but based on my research. And uh, the overvalued guys, uh, I'd try to trade for better value. And if they weren't good enough to trade, uh, if there was someone better on waivers, I made the move. And, uh, and keep in mind the overvalued players 
didn't seem overvalued to my opponents. I was trying to capitalize on their perceptions, which often were reinforced by what industry experts were saying. So I played the probabilities on my terms based on my research, and I was prepared to win or lose as long as I maximized my odds of winning. And I ended up winning the league. And the steps I took to shed overvalued players in exchange for opponents' undervalued players proved to be the difference between me making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. And by extension, winning the title versus losing it. When luck finds us in fantasy football, it's often bad. And this is important because when we try hard to make our own luck, it's more often good. So keeping that in mind, we go back to Zeke Elliott. How do we make our own luck? And as always, we play the probabilities. We dig into the facts, assessing the most likely range of outcomes. Like I said, I think 12 to 16 is where his market value is. So where is his range of outcomes? If, if 12 to 16 is what I think his market value is, where might he end up in, in based on my research? So barring an, a, a, a serious off-season injury or a depth chart shakeup, um, I'm putting Zeke's preseason ADP, if I were to pin it down, like I said, 12 to 16, let's say it's 15. Let's say we just put it down there, RB15 going into uh, maybe in July. He was the RB7 in 2021, but in points per game, he was a mid-range RB2. So if his likely range of outcomes is about 12 to 16 in the market, my likely range of outcomes for him in reality is about 12 to 28. That makes him overvalued. So at the highest end, he remains the lead back and he meets high-end expectations. At the lowest end, either his body doesn't hold up for the whole season, where he falls into a true timeshare with Tony Pollard, not unlike what we saw Aaron Jones uh, do with A.J. Dillon this past year, something that most people thought would have been unheard of, but many people uh, who have been following my stuff know I pushed A.J. Dillon really hard this pre this last preseason uh, as someone who would be uh, in a timeshare, uh, very likely a timeshare with Aaron Jones by the end of the season. That's why I faded Aaron Jones. So back to Tony Pollard, as we know, he plays a huge role in Zeke's likely outcomes. His usage has risen in each season. Pollard's racked up more yards per carry than Zeke each season. Last season, Pollard was sixth in the league among running backs in yards after contact on rushing attempts. Zeke was 37th. Um, we can't understate the importance or overstate, whichever way you want to approach it, the impact the Pollard's going to have on Zeke's performance this season. And finally, I want to go into, and not just finally, this is only a, a short podcast. There's so much to go into, but I really want to go into also snap count history. Something I've talked about, I talked about it last summer with readers, snap count matters. Uh, basically, count started getting tracked officially in 2012. 50 running backs have exceeded 700 snaps in a season, and 42 had fewer fantasy points the following season. That's 84%, and the average drop was 30% in terms of their fantasy production. Zeke Elliott, if it's if it has not been stated enough, and I stated it on a, a podcast a few weeks ago with Jason Katz, better known as Katz, on this podcast, Zeke Elliott has consistently been the number one or number two uh, snap count running back in the NFL, going back to uh, his early days 
uh, when he was, you know, whatever, 22 years old, 23. He had, uh, uh, back when he was 23, he had almost 900 snaps. He was the number two snap running back. Um, in 2019, he was number two again behind Christian McCaffrey, the year before Christian McCaffrey fell apart. Uh, in 2020, he was number one with 789. Uh, and then in 2021, this past year, he was number two with 809. That is almost unheard of uh, for a running back to consistently be uh, top two in snap counts. And we have seen the gradual decline of Zeke Elliott over the past two, two and a half seasons. And my positioning on Zeke is when, when you look at Tony Pollard's impact, when you look at what we've seen from Zeke over the last two years, when you look at the fact that his snap count has not declined in recent years, there hasn't been load management. There is a high likelihood that at 26 going on 27 years old, Zeke Elliott's best days are behind him. And that if his market value is around 12 to 16, as I think it will be, he will be overvalued, that his true value lies somewhere between 12 and 28. And therefore, just playing the probabilities, he would not be a buy. He would be a sell in Dynasty. And furthermore, in drafts, he would be a fade. Uh, again, so much more to talk about about Zeke Elliott, so much to talk about every player. These are uh, quick snapshots. Uh, we hope you'll stick with us, listen to more, push back on Twitter, Facebook, agree with me, do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, we'll know what we know by the end of the 22 season. And we'll know whether this snap count stuff really holds the kind of water that I think it does. Again, I'm BJ Rudell, Pro Football Network. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow.